Deadbeat Scroll by Mark Coggins is slick, sardonic, and suspenseful. Everything a great thriller should be, says New York Times bestselling author Lee Child. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com. Chapter 23 Family Ties Fuck you, said Jeff, after taking a long look down the barrel of the gun. I'll have to pass. I've already had a better offer. As if on cue, a loud tap sounded on the bathroom door. August? August? Are you in there? I reached back to compress the button lock, keeping the sight of the Luger centered on Jeff. Tell her you'll be out in a minute, I whispered. I could see the wheels turning in his head as he considered his options, but eventually he barked, Occupied! And I heard the click of boot heels down the hall. So, Jeff, imagine my surprise. What are you doing here? What does it look like I'm doing? I gestured at his clothes. I don't think you want my answer to that question. Do you know our host, Robert? A long pause. Yes. I let my hip rest on the counter of the double vanity that ran along the right wall. A glass shower stall took up most of the left, and a space-age toilet with a console of buttons hunkered in the corner. Then you're a member in good standing of the Galactic Order of Beefuckers. He reddened and clamped his jaw shut. Are you? Yes, I belong to the Hive's Dream. But belittling me, my gender fluidity and my affiliations isn't going to earn my cooperation. I would have thought a man whose best friend was gay would be more woke. I didn't know exactly what woke meant in this context, but I got the gist of what Jeff was saying. You knew Chris? Yes, I did. He was a nice guy. I liked him. I took a step forward and Jeff retreated, pressing into the towel racks along the back wall. Who shot him? He brought his hands up in front of him, palms held out. It was a gesture that seemed partly intended to signal ignorance and partly to ward me off. I don't know. I can guess, but I wasn't there. Brendan. Or Andreas. He gave the slightest nod. Yes, probably, he whispered. I closed on him. He laminated himself further into the wall, contorting into a space between the towel racks and the toilet paper holder. How do you know them? By then I was shouting. A lip quiver, then nothing. You're in Brendan's family, aren't you? You're all members of the Hive's dream. That's how you got access to the room at Golden Fingers. And that's how Angelina and her sister got sucked into all of this. You said you were her friend, but you were the one who put Brendan on to her. Do you know that he's kidnapped her? That he tortured her like he tortured and killed two other women who worked at Golden Fingers? I reached for Jeff's throat with my free hand. He shot both of his up to take mine by the wrist, but I was stronger and ended up pinning him to the wall. All the anger, hurt, and humiliation I'd experienced since returning to San Francisco coalesced in an overwhelming urge to crush his windpipe. Wait, he hissed, his whole body trembling. 
It's not my fault. I didn't have anything to do with it. I promise. This, this is not what Chris would have wanted. Mentioning Chris again was the smartest thing he could have done. I still thought Jeff was guilty of something. But Chris had always served as a governor on my worst impulses. And Jeff was right when he suggested Chris wouldn't have approved. And more to the point, there was no advantage for me in throttling Jeff to death at a polysexual orgy. I needed him. He was my only conduit to Brendan. I pushed off him and stepped back. He sucked in a rasping breath and bent over in a coughing fit. Someone pounded on the bathroom door, and a voice, male this time, said, Are you okay in there? Get lost, I called over my shoulder. Jeff eventually straightened, and leaning heavily against the vanity, he brought his gaze up to mine. Tears had washed out his eye makeup and were now glistening among the dusting of glitter he had applied to his cheeks. Jesus, he said. Jesus nothing. Even if you aren't culpable, what are you doing flouncing around at a party when a guy you said you liked is dead and another of your friends is being held captive? How about doing something useful like reporting the crimes to the police? It's not that simple. Of course it isn't. Nothing is simple with you, is it, Jeff? How did you know Chris? You were right about my being part of Brendan's family, but I'm not anymore. I left after I came to town with him and Andreas. After you told him that Angelina was coming to see her sister. No, it wasn't like that. Brendan just said we were all going to take a vacation together. Right. I didn't have any idea what Brendan was after at that point. And what did you find out later? That he wanted the scroll, the Kerouac scroll, which Angelina's sister had, whether she knew it was in the wall of her house or not. I guess. There's no guessing about it. But I did introduce myself to Chris after I got to town. I thought he looked interesting. There was something about the way he said interesting that caught my attention. Wait a minute. Are you telling me you and Chris had a thing? He nodded. And you had sex? He drew himself up, projecting a kind of tattered dignity. Yes. The night he was murdered? Yes. But we'd been together before. He came back to my hotel that night after we'd had dinner together. And what happened then? He left. He told me he was meeting Brendan later that evening, but I didn't know the details. Could the meeting have been at Golden Fingers? I guess. I threw up my hand. The daddy of your polysexual family books the local hive room for a roll in the honey, or whatever droll phrase you people have for it, and you aren't invited? You don't even know about it? I'd already broken with the family by then. I didn't know what was going on, but Chris said I wouldn't want to be caught up in it. In fact, he encouraged me to leave town. Then why didn't you? I was worried about Angelina. Does your idea of being worried translate into mooning around outside her hotel in the rain? He shrugged. She told me you were attracted to her, too. What of it? Do you know what the word polysexual means? Why did you follow me? Then bolt when I braced you at the hotel. I wasn't sure who you were. Chris had mentioned you, but you didn't look like how he had described. You were better dressed for one thing. That was sadly ironic. 
It took Chris's death to get me to dress in a way he would have approved of. I shook my head. You're just making this up as you go along, aren't you? The only part of what you told me that makes sense is you're getting together with Chris. The rest of it is gobbledygook. You're either confused or you're hiding something. He reached down to the toilet paper dispenser to tear off a few sheets, then dabbed at his face. I'm not confused, and I'm not hiding anything. I can't help it if the truth is more complex than you'd like. So now you're saying I can't handle the truth. Nice. I looked at him for a long moment. His resemblance to Chris seemed even stronger than when I first spotted him following me on California Street. He fidgeted under my stare. What? What is it? It's decision time. Do you want to help Angelina? Of course. Then I need you to get a message to Brendan. Tell him I have the scroll and I'll trade it for Angelina's safe return. But... But what? I thought Brendan already had the scroll. I sneered. There. Right there. You're saying that proves that you do know more than you're telling me. Brendan has a dummy. A fake that Chris manufactured. I have the original. Okay. If I let you go tonight without turning you into the police, will you get that message to Brendan? Tell him that I want to meet? Under one condition. What? Put down the gun. Please. You're scaring the hell out of me. I holstered the Luger. I'd forgotten I was still holding it, and we were long past the point where I needed it to control him. Done. Now, when can you get the message to him? Right now, if you like. How? I'll text it to him, silly. Jeff leaned forward to pick up a pink Hello Kitty clutch purse that was lying on the vanity. I had a sudden attack of prudence and snatched the purse before he could get hold of it. I undid the snap, half expecting to find a matching pink Hello Kitty carry pistol inside. I was relieved to find only money, cosmetics, a card with a magnetic strip that looked like a hotel key, and a cell phone. I passed the bag over to him with a self-conscious smile. Just checking. Paranoid much? He said and took out the phone. He used the fingerprint sensor on the back to unlock it and touched the contacts icon. I was watching him do this when I realized I didn't really have a way to be sure he sent the message to the right person. How do I know you're really texting Brendan? He snickered and held up the phone for me to see. The screen showed the name Daddy and a picture of Brendan beside it. Satisfied? Yeah, just make sure I can see you select his number to send the text. I watched as he pressed a number with a 778 area code and started typing. Reardon has the real scroll. He wants to trade it for Angelina's return. Contact him at this number to discuss. What's your cell? Jeff asked. I gave him the number and loomed over him as he transcribed it into the message and pressed send. Happy? Almost. Where are you staying? A cheap hotel on Lombard Street. Text the name of the hotel and your room number to me and paste Brenda's number on the end of the message. He gave a dramatic sigh, but my phone dinged a moment later. What now? Now is where I give you the warning. I don't know what your angle on all this is, but from this point forward, I'm not forgiving anything. Everything counts. If you cross me or play any sort of trick, I will find you and punish you. Severely. 
Maybe Chris told you enough about me for you to understand what that means. He licked his pink, glossed lips and swallowed. He told me you'd killed people. That's something to think about, isn't it? We're going to walk out of the bathroom now. You can go back to your party if you like, but don't leave town and don't change hotels without telling me. You and I are working together on this, and I like to keep tabs on my partners. Comprende? He swallowed again. Comprende! I held out an arm to indicate that he should go out the door first. He went past me, opened the door, then lingered on the threshold. He turned and gave a small wave, and then wandered down the hallway to the right. I heard one of the bedroom doors open, and I assumed that he was rejoining a party previously in progress. I slipped out a moment later, cruised down the hall and the stairs without seeing anyone, then paused at the entryway. I looked over to the play area. There, with her back to me, knees dug into the carpet, was Mommy riding someone hard with a slap, slap, slap against his ass. I shook my head and hurried out the front door. But for the grace of God... You have been listening to The Deadbeat Scroll, a book the New York Journal of Books described as a glorious potpourri of violence, black humor, sex, and a hunt for a lost manuscript. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com. <laughs>